You are listening to a podcast from Parkside Church of Christ, a non-denominational church in Dearborn Heights, Michigan, sharing life with Christ, with each other, and with our community. At the beginning of March of this year, we began a series that we are calling The Journey to Easter. Over the course of seven weeks, we are exploring what happened in the seven days leading up to Jesus' resurrection. This series will include Sunday morning sermons and also midweek reflections from leaders at Parkside. This podcast will include both. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Welcome to our continuing journey toward Easter. So far in our journey, we've watched on Sunday as Jesus entered into Jerusalem to the praise of the crowds. And then on Monday, as he entered the temple, we saw that he was angered by the things that he saw and throughout the money changers and the the merchants. As a result, Mark tells us that the chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. On the next day of his final week, he returns to the temple. And when he does, the religious leaders are ready for him. And they challenge him, wanting to know who it was that gave him the authority to do the things that he's doing. And that leads to a conversation, or more accurately, a stalemate between the two sides. Jesus breaks that stalemate in Mark chapter 12 by sharing the parable of the tenants, which is basically a condemnation of the religious leaders. And at the end of that parable, we read this, that the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders looked for a way to arrest him because they knew he had spoken the parable against them. This conflict between Jesus and the religious leaders has been brewing since the earliest days of Jesus' ministry. But now at this point in the Gospel of Mark, it is escalating, and it's escalating quickly. And the issue at the core of this conflict is the issue of authority. The religious leaders claimed that they had authority from God. So when Jesus comes along claiming to have an authority from God that trumped even theirs, They saw that as a threat, and they rejected his claim. As we walk through this Easter story, this issue of Jesus' authority is going to come up over and over again, and it's an issue that we cannot ignore. One way or another, we must all, just like those religious leaders, come to terms with his claim. And that's exactly what we want to talk about in today's devotional. At this point, I want to bring on uh, Wayne and invite him into the conversation. Uh, Wayne, thanks for joining us. Uh, Appreciate you taking the time. You know, oftentimes when we think about this idea of rejecting the authority of Jesus, we think about pictures just like those religious authorities. You know, people that reject outright the claim of Jesus or ridicule the claim of Jesus. But I'm guessing that those who've joined us on this journey to Easter aren't necessarily wrestling with that type of thing. So it got me wondering if there might be some other more subtle ways that we might struggle with accepting the the authority of Jesus or his claim of authority over our lives. What what do you think? Yeah, I 
spent a little bit of time this morning looking back through the Gospel of Mark, looking for that word authority. Uh, where do where do we see Jesus's authority expressed throughout the Gospel? And it it's a pretty consistent theme throughout the Gospel. Jesus's authority is demonstrated in what Jesus teaches, like Jesus's proclamation of good news, in Jesus's casting out demons and driving out illness until this moment that you just mentioned when jesus enters the temple and drives out the money changers drives out the people who were uh kind of abusing uh their position in the temple uh which got me thinking about the ways that we or that i resist the casting out work that jesus does uh the the driving out the parts of us that have distorted the image of God. Um, yeah, so simply put, uh, for me, I wonder if I resist Jesus's authority, not as a direct, you know, contradicting Jesus's claims about himself, but rather resisting the work that Jesus might do inside me, driving out whatever needs to be driven out. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you're using the casting out, driving out language, because I think what I would usually think about is letting in and not necessarily moving out. So I think that's some really important language um, that it's, you know, accepting Jesus in his authority isn't just about letting him in us. It's about, uh, you know, what, what we're allowing him to drive out of us as well. Yeah, if, if welcoming Jesus in didn't have any risk of change, uh, of removing anything or altering anything within us, uh, then there is no reason to hesitate to allow Jesus in, right? Uh, yeah. The, the cost of discipleship means that when we welcome Jesus in, we open the door to Jesus's authority to, to change us. Yeah, and I, and I guess if we, you know, kind of let him in without making space, so to speak, I guess that's probably that whole, um, I want the benefits, but I don't want to pay the price kind of a, a approach. I, I want to um, wear the garments to the wedding feast, but I have no intention of honoring the groom or the host. Uh kind of thing that goes on in, in one of Matthew's uh, parables that Matthew shares uh, around this time. I think it's also worth noticing here, though, that what is a, a threat for one community uh, who are kind of unwilling to be changed by Jesus's authority is much more frequently throughout the gospel a promise and a, of hope, of liberation, of healing. Like most of the time when Jesus authority comes on the scene, it's to set people free from oppression and possession or to set them free from sickness or death. Uh, and so there's a warning here. There's this conflict, uh, this example of what it looks like to resist Jesus's authority. But as a whole, the gospel is inviting us to embrace not just the benefits that come with receiving Jesus, but the actual transformation that comes only because of Jesus's authority. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm curious for you as you think about uh, recognizing Jesus's authority. What I guess what does that offer? What does that extend to us? Uh, what gives you hope about acknowledging who Jesus is and receiving Him for who He is? 
Yeah, I, th- I think we could talk a long time about this, and uh, this this is where I would encourage our uh, our listeners to to really do some reflecting um, after after you're done watching or listening to this to this conversation. Uh, but one of the the things that came to my mind very quickly is how when I recognize and submit to the authority of Jesus, that that really connects me with other people who are also uh, recognizing and submitting uh, and living under the authority of Jesus. You know, that may be in a a setting where we're in the same local church, uh, or that could be in uh, us joining together with with others in ministry and service to our communities, um, or it could be, uh, you know, this this whole time of COVID has gotten us more comfortable with technology, and I know that there are several people who are in Bible studies with with other uh, Christians who aren't necessarily local to them, and so they're enjoying uh, those connections with others who are also uh, living under the authority of Jesus. Um, so there's so many different ways that we we receive blessing from those connections, uh, but just the idea of being connected to others who are also surrendering and living under his authority is, is really powerful to me, I think. Yeah, another, I guess, hopeful message of receiving Jesus and Jesus's authority comes out of, I think that same temple experience when Jesus is driving out the money changers from the temple I can see how that is a threat and a challenge and an uncomfortable moment for some but for many other people the people who were on the wrong end of that unjust system uh, for those who longed for a better way uh, they must have received Jesus's presence and Jesus's authority as such a gift uh, in contrast to the other authorities uh, they already had authorities. They already had people lording over them. Here was a different sort of lord that was driving out those who were taking advantage of them and kind of welcoming them into God's house uh, anew. And same with all of those people Jesus healed and all of those people who uh, were set free from possession and oppression. Uh, for each of them, they had lords already they had authorities that had made claims on their lives and here was a different sort of lord making a different sort of claim a claim that that set them free uh and a new community like you were just saying to be invited into they were set free not just for an isolated life but for life together with jesus and with jesus's people yeah that's really powerful that's good um i there's another contrast that came to mind while you were we're kind of talking and that, you know, if you look at the religious leaders, one of the things that really motivated a lot of their actions throughout these texts is, is fear. So, you know, they wanted to kill Jesus, but they were afraid of the crowd. You know, that comes up multiple times, both back in the uh, section in chapters two and three, where Mark is talking about the conflict between Jesus and the religious authorities. And then it pops up again here in this section of Mark where he lays out these stories of conflict. And it just, it really get, gets me to think about how resisting the authority of Jesus or not necessarily um, acknowledging it, living under it, uh, does make me much more susceptible to fear 
Whereas if I'm submitting and acknowledging to the authority of Jesus, you know, I don't have to live by or be bound by, by fear. And I don't have to live that way. And I just know in my own life that when my routine gets upset or when I lose control or when I'm living in uncertainty, that's when I really, really struggle with fear. And that's when I really need to be reminded of the authority of Jesus because I keep scrambling around trying to take back control and get things back into a safer spot, you know? Um, but when I'm really aware of and uh, conscious of the authority of Jesus, then I, I don't have to succumb to that fear because I can trust that he's in control, not only of my life, but this whole story that we're a part of. Um, and yet when I resist that, what's left but fear? Fear that everything that I'm trying to grab onto is going to get upset and is going to be taken away from me. But under the authority of Jesus, I, I, don't, I don't have to live that way. I don't have to be uh, shackled by that fear and overrun by that fear. Yeah, I wonder if that actually is kind of the dividing line uh, between those in the gospel who receive Jesus's authority as a gift and a freedom and those who see it as a threat is those who receive it as a threat are the ones who imagine themselves to be the ultimate authorities of their own lives and the lives of people around them. Uh, and mm. for those who see themselves as the authority, as uh, the Lord's, uh, even if it's just in with one small pocket of the community, uh, then any any other authority, any other Lord is, sparks fear, uh, creates new fear, fear of uh, acknowledging what's always been true, that they're not actually the ultimate authority uh, for everybody else. Everybody else who is living in the fear of whatever else is going on, uh, receiving Jesus as Lord is a it's a gift of uh, it's a liberation from the thing that is creating fear for them so this sickness no longer is the lord of them they're set free from the fear of what's going on in their bodies or what's going on in their society or community or you know what's going on in their spirit in their soul uh so jesus jesus's authority for them is a freedom from fear uh i guess the same would be true and eventually for some of them ends up being true of these same religious leaders who oppose Jesus and resist Jesus. The Pharisees here aren't hopeless. Like they mm. are, they are tangled up in a dominating sort of lie, the same way that people longing for healing are tied up in sickness and longing for freedom from oppression are tangled up in, by these demonic powers. Uh, there is a sort of exorcism waiting to happen for them as well, of being set free of that, uh, being set free of their fear of not being in control. Uh, instead of clinging to that control, mm. Jesus offers them the opportunity to relinquish that. Uh, the question is whether or not they will. Yeah, that, I just think this is such an important conversation because you know, so much of the conversation that we've had, that we have around the authority of Jesus is, is really about that first question we were talking about. You know, it's about what you have to give up and 
what it demands. And there's certainly demands that the authority of Jesus makes on our lives. But, but what we experience as a result of acknowledging uh, his authority over us and our churches and our world, uh, it, that's just a conversation I don't think we have enough. Because uh, it really is, um, I think it's important and it is really enlightening. Uh, just in the few minutes that we've had to talk about it here, I've, I've been encouraged. Yeah, I have really appreciated this conversation as well. I'm really glad you invited me to be part of it because it has me thinking not just about the ways that I might be resistant to the authority of Jesus, uh, the ways that I might be hesitant to acknowledge and embrace the lordship of Jesus in my own life because of my own fear-based anxiety about relinquishing control. But it also is turning my attention to that more hopeful promise that as we invite Jesus in as the authority, as the Lord, we welcome that healing and freedom, uh, that, that transformation that Jesus brings. Um, so I guess that's probably a good place for us to wrap this up, right? Is with that invitation, an invitation for each of us to consider in what ways might embracing or acknowledging the authority of Jesus transform our lives? In what ways are we resistant to that change, resistant to Jesus's authority and in what ways might God be longing to heal and restore and liberate us if only we join in the confession that many of us have made a number of times throughout our lives in new and unique ways, even now, even in these weeks leading up to Easter, to say with all of God's people that Jesus is Lord. 